0: This episode of Toes on the Line is brought to you by Thorn. To receive 20% off any Thorn product, simply go to my website, coachgeograssi.com, and become a subscriber. And before starting any new dietary regimen, which includes supplements and vitamins, you should always speak with a healthcare provider. to the Toes on Line Podcast. I'm your host, Gio Grassi and I'm bringing back Jason Wooden. Man, Jason, thanks for coming back on, brother. I mean, we talked for about 20 minutes before we even started this thing, but you know, if you could just fill the crowd in, man. You uh you were formerly at Texas Tech, I was formerly at Fordham. You know, we're at two new places now, man. So how's everything going for you in the uh the Big Ten now?
1: Man, it's great, man. Thanks for having me on again, man. You're doing great things. Season two, kicked off. Season two, yes, sir. Dog, with the big dog right here. <laughs> you, know, you, know, I, you know I tuned into that one, but uh It's been a pleasure, man, coming back home to Maryland, where I'm originally from. It's crazy. I'm really five minutes from the campus, so this really is like my backyard home for me. Um, University of Maryland football. Okay, was at Texas Tech for about two years and some change. Now I've been at University of Maryland for a year and about two months and some change, so we're getting ready to start spring ball now, so we're in that phase. And it's been a great time, man. Great staff, great people. And uh, being with a guy like Coach Locks as well with how much he's doing for minorities in the field and the coalition that he's uh, established, it's, uh, it's enlightening to be a part of, man, for sure.
0: Nah, that's what it is, man. And it's always good to be back home, man. That's why, you know, I kind of always joke around with people and say, hey, I'll never leave Jersey and shit, you know, but <laughs> it, it's hard, it's it hard to leave home, man. You know, Jersey's got the best food. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, for you, man, go, so let me ask you this. Going from a place like West Texas, because I got friends in Lubbock, man, and they, they swear that's the best place on the globe, and I keep telling them you guys <laughs> ain't never lived. Like, what's the culture change from there to, like, a place like Maryland, D.C. area?
1: Man, it's crazy. So, I would say this, though. Being in West Texas, it does grow on you. So, everybody that I know that's from this area that has lived out there, whether it be the players or other staff that we had front, that's from the DMV area, you hate it when you first get there. Like, they have something called, it's like haboob or kaboob. It's a nasty dirt storm. You have those that come in. You have dirt in your mouth. You're tasting dirt. Um, the food is solid. I would say good steakhouses good tech snacks. Um, it's kind of like a cowboy town, so there's a r- lot of real-life cowboys that they grew up, you know, riding horses, cattle, and they actually compete in, like, the rodeos and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a completely different culture. Yeah, it's Completely different. They come to the DMV, you know, Maryland specific. It's a, it's a it's a big city life, man. Everything moves fast. People talk faster. People walk faster. And um, seafood is off the charts. You don't get much of that in Lubbock. You know, you're more in, more desert, dry, so... And I think Maryland has the best seafood in the country. You know, mm. I'm a little biased, but I thought we got the best crab cakes. You know, snow crab legs in the country. That's hey, that's
0: what they say, man. I haven't tried. I mean, every time you go to a Jersey wedding, you know they got the Maryland, quote unquote, Maryland crab cakes. These ain't no Maryland crab cakes, man. These Jersey crab cakes, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you this: You ever had Strofer's lasagna in Lubbock?
1: I've never had that. Enlighten What is that? <laughs>
0: So my, my buddy swears the best lasagna he's ever had in his world. Strofer's lasagna. You buy that shit out the freezer section in the, in the supermarket. Um,
1: <laughs> you know who's lasagna is elite, though? Costco's lasagna
0: is, is elite. Is it? They probably got nice Italians working for him, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Great grade A lasagna. Costco.
0: Word up, man. But hey, man, hey welcome back to the East Coast, man. I, I guarantee you they miss you down there in DMV area, bro.
1: For sure man. it's good to be back with family and friends for sure man the first few months was hectic because you got you're trying to split time and catch up with everybody you know I, I yeah my yeah family. I'm, I'm lying i saw my family for, for the holidays but i was seeing my family twice a year my lady my close friends so it, it was good to be back so now it, it, it's become easy now to split times so and i could duck off when i have to and i could be present when i have to versus being in texas i miss so many stuff man. with you know my little nieces and nephews growing up and all that kind of stuff you're just not present man you know you want to be there as you get older because family's important man big picture so not nah, definitely
0: hell yeah now nah. hope, hope maryland works out for you long term bro for real
1: yes sir yes sir hopefully too appreciate it and
0: yeah, so hey, the, so the last time i had you on we we hit on a little you know joint mobility series now and that was fantastic a lot of people love listening to that part and I, I, and I took a lot away from it. and i still incorporate most of those methods that you talked about um you know, a certain degrees of motion at the hip, you know, shoulders and stuff like that with the ankle. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit, of, you know, what you're doing at Maryland, um, you know, some of the 1080p stuff. If you want to touch base on that stuff, I don't know if you want to keep it top secret. You know, some people oh, nah, you know, nah, don't, don't nah, want to nah. talk about the trends and shit, you know. So,
1: <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still learning, so I'm going to say whatever. I'm still learning it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always. An advanced you know, piece of technology, I would say that.
0: And I, I started putting in my podcast uh, summaries, you know, um, Listener discretion advised. This is solely uh, from the opinion and the knowledge and the research taken from the person speaking about it. You know, Um, it's funny because like me and Rod always talk about before we did the last episode, Rod was like, man, gee, I don't know, man, do I sound smart? I'm like, look, Rod, you sound like a genius, dude. It's like, this is your research, like the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing. Like, we're not going to publish it in in an article, but at the same time, we're studying our players so we can put it out there and say, this is what we see, you know? Exactly. And it came back pretty good. So I'm, I'm curious. Man. I want to I hear, you know, what you guys got cooking up down there in Maryland, man, outside of crab cakes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so we got the 1080 motions, right? So, you know, we got them in last year. We have three of them. I would say this off season, we've used them a lot more. Just, you know, increased understanding of how to use the equipment. Um, it comes with a tablet. It's a quick setup. You plug it in. You got to connect to Bluetooth. It's good to go. You have to create player profiles, though, you put it in the guy's you know, weight in kilograms is height and, you know, just general information. So how we use it, uh, we do a lot of resisted running. We do contrast running, but more so is just to get profiles on guys. Right. So how the Kennedy works, right? Okay. You put the belt on, you hook it up, you run a preset distance at a preset weight in kilograms from there, it gets you the time. It gives you the uh, force and power output from that run. So from there, you know, you can do baseline testing, right? You can run a guy at a one kilo, seven kilo, 15 kilos, and see what the difference is between each different kilogram weight differential and okay. see what his speed decrements are when you're going from one, seven to 15. And just kind of see how that guy tests out. And then when guys are running, you actually see, okay, if this guy is very powerful, but his speed isn't correlating to the power, you know what kind of bucket to put that guy in. He's more of a great accelerator. He's lacking that top end uh, Max V versus mm-hmm. the other way. A guy isn't a great accelerator. He's not applying a lot of force power to the ground, but he's running good times every time. He's scratching your head. It's, okay, this guy is more elastic, more twitchy. He's great top end. So now let's work his acceleration. So, you know, acceleration, you can do that so many ways through generally getting the quad stronger, weight room, clean, spot squats. But with the 1080 as well, you can do something called variable resistance. So let's say you run in a 1080. You have a guy who's a great accelerator, so you don't really care to load the acceleration much. You can set that at, you know, zero, two kilos, something very slight. Then when you get more to the top end ranges, whether it be you want to set it at 15, 20, 25 meters, you could kick the resistance in then to really work those mechanics of working that top end because that's what the guy lacks. And that's what I like about it because you could do the same and vice versa. So you could resist the A-cell and uh, unresist the top end. So it's a, it's a, it's a dope piece of equipment. Um, I like it for our guys and it provides instant feedback. So, what I've been incorporating now is video analysis with it. So, okay. I know we, we talked earlier about it and how it's confused, right? You have a, the one guy running, he's running the same reps over and over, right? Same weight, same distance. He's less powerful and less forceful, but the time is better. So, I'm like, okay, what's going on? So, the more I look at it, okay, when I started doing more video analysis, okay, he's stepping in the wrong direction if you're, you're applying more force in the ground, that's not beneficial if you're not moving in the right direction. So you have guys that come off the line and they take those three or four loud, hard lateral steps versus moving the straight line. And that's another easy coaching point. Okay. Line a guy up on the hashes. Now you could run straight more efficiently versus taking those lateral steps. Cause a lot of these athletes, like they're, they're, they're such great athletes. They don't know their deficiencies unless they see it on video. Or you tell them about it. Cause they've been running this way since they were, you know, playing pop Warner or boys club football. They don't know. So mm-hmm. unless they see it and you can give them, you know, real-time feedback, show them the graph of what each step is doing right to left, they wouldn't know. And another thing on that is the second step, man. I feel like I overcoached that till I'm blue in the face. Guys never work their second step. Everybody works the first step.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody works the second step in, acceler- in acceleration. So they're working on exploding out for the first step, you know, knee lift, driving, forcing the ground in the second step a fucking half yard step. I'm like, what are we doing, man? So that's another big thing. I'm I'm trying to correct with guys, just taking more efficient steps and actually building into top end because the guys want to run full speed off the line. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to line up and run 20 miles an hour into like that's not happening. Like,
0: right, 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 right.
1: Gradual build. So working working with guys with that being a little more patient in acceleration, still being efficient and forceful, but being a little more patient. Working torso angles, uh driving down and back because a lot of guys get poor thigh separation, poor knee lift as well, and acceleration. So that's another tidbit you can work on with the video analysis. And I wanna start diving into the Altus kinogram models. I wanna start diving into that as well so I can really have side by side of different athletes and you can actually see, okay, this guy looks like this. He fits this model more closely. Not to say you have to, but if you have a guy running 22 miles an hour, okay, like how much faster are we really gonna get him? Honestly. Right,
0: right, right, right.
1: But we can correct certain mechanics where, okay, he might be less prone to injury now because he's not so backside now when he gets to top end. So now he's, he's probably less prone to pulling his hamstring or straining his hamstring or more soft tissue. So it's mm-hmm. about correcting the little deficiencies that help the long term health of the athlete versus, you know, changing the whole book. Cause a, a good example I want to use is a Tyree Gill, right? Everybody has seen him run. Like it's not pretty, but he's the fastest person in the field. Most times he steps on the field. So coaches, how much are you going to overcoach that? Right. I would an elite s- level athlete. Yep. Go
0: ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was gonna say w- with, that, like you know, you, and I, I've always lo- loved to film, you know, guys during speed sessions, you know, sp- especially, um, you know, when you're teaching guys how to come out of a three point stance, how you, you know, teaching guys how to you know, start and accelerate for ten yards and stuff like that. Do You guys, um, well, personally, do you, do you do anything different with your speed training with the guys? Like, say, if a guy's not a good accelerator, do you focus on that? And if a guy's a great accelerator but not good top end, do you say, hey, we're not gonna even. Train this guy in acceleration. We're going to work more top end shit with him, or do you just keep everything generalized?
1: Um, yeah, I do. I do personalize it. So with the 1080, how I personalize it? With the 1080 first is I would do the variable resistance if a guy is weaker in either segment of his uh, sprint. Mm-hmm. I'd variable the resistance to make to unresist them in the uh, stronger segment and resist them in the weaker segment, so he gets more feedback when he's running through. And then how I it correlates to the weight room, right? You have your top end guys who who need more top end. Mm-hmm. they're gonna do more fly-in work they're gonna do more vertical plyos things of that nature to make them more reactive versus the guys that are weak accelerators they're gonna do a little bit more strength-based work but not to say like we're gonna this guy is not doing squats and cleans anymore i can't that that'd, that'd be crazy but uh-huh. they're still gonna do the movements but the focus might be there a little more so i might add a set on the back end to a guy who i know needs the strength so just pure starting strength he needs that more i might add another set-in for him on his front squat or his power clean or Whatever lift we're using for the day, trap bar deadlift, clean deadlift, whatever the case is, clean pool. Okay. Might add a set or two there.
0: Do you, do you see any like positional differences?
1: um I would say receivers and DBs are about the same. Um, yeah. Your edge rushers are usually your most powerful. Like your edge rushers and like your hybrid like rovers. So like your linebacker, safety kind of positions. Those okay. guys are usually most powerful because they're super lean they're super freak athletes, so they might be the most powerful because of their they're moving at such a fast speed at their increased body weight
2: Uh-huh.
1: versus your of course your DBs and C's will be the fastest, but they won't be the most powerful just because their weight isn't as impressive. So if you have a guy line up and race you know, a Miles Garrett or it might be a bad example of like your fastest DN in the combine, he races that guy like, yeah, you beat the DN, but he's moving like that at 255. You're moving how you're moving at 195. It's impressive, but you're not a more impressive athlete than that guy. So, you have to put everything in perspective when looking at, you know, uh my, uh meters per second speed and uh, power and force outputs and things like that for sure.
0: Okay, you know what's crazy? I, n- I never thought of that. You know, looking at a guy's you know, body frame and saying, "Okay, this guy's lean <clears throat> or body weight rather." You know, saying why he's not producing as much power. You know, it, it kind of makes sense now. You know, you got a heavier body that's a lot more lean, le- carrying less fat-free mass on him or, or less fat mass on him. Um exactly.
1: And then what is his squat and like, how is his leg strength compared to the guy who's, you know, the other, how is his leg strength compared? So now he's applying that much more force into the ground.
0: Yeah, nah, no doubt, man. What, um. So do you guys use that 1080 in training or is that just like a testing tool? I, I've, I've never used one. I've never seen one in person. That's why I'm just curious.
1: It's a little bit of both, but it's more okay. individualized. So a lot of return to play as well. So, okay, in training, we have three of them. So you could use it in training, uh-huh. but it has to be in the indoor or indoor strip turf because to take it outside in the indoor field, like you wouldn't be able to do both because you have to run the weight room. Like that'd be too much. When we actually uh, do our sprint work, speed work over the summer, we'll incorporate in spurts because we only have three. You can't do the whole team because you need people to actually man the tablets. That's the only thing. So let's say you run a rep after click. Okay. Begin on you. Next guy goes up after go to his name in the, whatever it's like we do offense defense. We break it out in groups like that. So you'd have to go to your name, click your name and then hit begin. So You can run it that way, but then it's not truly individualized because that means, okay, you're going to run everybody the same weight, same distance. Like there's so many variables you have to change if you do it in a full team setting. I think that's not the most ideal way. So I I like it more in personalized sessions where guys want to, you know, work speed or return to play when guys are trying to build back to what they were pre-injury. And they have a bunch of other metrics on there as well. So they have another cool one where you could do like a, um, a change of direction. So you can see how much force that guy is putting in each limb. So you could do a change of direction where he's planning left, then a change of direction where he's planning right. So, I mean, of course, speed is important there as well. But gonna, you could also see how forceful that guy is off each limb. And then you could try to work to correct asymmetries along with, you know, we have Sam Contorno on staff now, great sports scientist. She does a lot of the force. She does all the force plate testing and all those other things, Nord Board to develop, see who has asymmetries. And it all works in conjunction and you know, working with return-to-play guys and, you know, guys come off injury to make sure, you know, they come back and peak performance.
0: Nah, no doubt, man. And it's it's cool to have all those bells and whistles too, man. I'm a fan of it. I know, I know most people are. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Don Day uh, the other week, and he was saying, ah, that technology shit just makes things crazy, man. It makes you think. Oh <laughs> like, ah, my like, yeah, it kind of does. It kind of does. But it, it helps confirm a few, you know, a few things that you were thinking, you know, to, you know, to kind of, you know, you can conceptualize and, uh, and visualize, you know, where someone's progress is going versus saying, how do you feel good? Okay, good. Let's get you out there, you know? Um,
1: Exactly. And everybody, like the coach and I, of course, that's still the most important, in my opinion, having a great coach and I, because you can have all the tech. If you're not a good coach, it's hard to make the tech work for you. But if you add tech to somebody who's already a proficient coach, it only makes them a better coach because now they're streamlining exactly what they want to fix, what they want to correct, asymmetries they want to fix, you know, faulty mechanics, whatever the case is, it kind of just streamlines the process. So you're not uh, shooting darts off the wall, trying to get guys Or man, guys aren't getting faster. Guys aren't getting stronger. So it kind of just helps simplify coaching for us. I think.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I want to take a few steps back, man. Cause you said something that I talk about a lot with uh, my guys, you know, foot patterning and, you know, how you start your acceleration, your first two, three steps. Um, how's your guys like, how's your speed program going? Um, you know, what are, what are some like key points that you focus in on mostly?
1: Um, okay, the, the thing I see a lot first is setup, right? So you have guys that set up, they're just not used to setting up. So yeah. the first they set up, they'll set up too tight, uh, not enough knee over toe with that front leg. So in that case, when a guy has more of a vertical shin, the torso has to match a shin angle with looking at acceleration. So you have a guy with a vertical shin, but he's bent over this way, it's not going to be an efficient first two. And you, you can know that just by the setup. Then a mm-hmm. lot of guys with the arm placement, they'll have this, you know, the arm and extension but it's not fully an extension. So when they're, running, when they're starting off in acceleration, they're re-cocking the arm back, and it's just inefficient movement patterns. So we really focus hammer setup, hammer setup, hammer stance, and you got to be able to push off both legs. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more front leg, we know that, but you can't only push off front leg. you has got to be both and it has to be violent. So we teach a violent acceleration, but also smooth. So you don't want the tenseness, but you want the violence to be there. Yeah. So that's how we look at acceleration. And more of our top-end work there's a lot of the flies. Um, we do some wickets every now and then. I played around with the distance. I like I like Simply Faster. I feel like uh, they have a lot of, you know, step-by-step on exactly how to progress your wickets with the distance and stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of plyos as well, man. I'm just working with speed mechanics. So a lot of the dribbles, the marches, the, the half booms, the uh, booms, whatever you want to call them. So a lot of that stuff. And just the rhythmic coordination, because a lot of football players, they're not the best. They're not the smoothest runners because they're kind of bound up, a little muscly. Um, never, a lot of them never really ran track. They probably ran track to just score points and help their high school out, but they didn't <laughs> run track from an aspect of they're really trying to become, you know, proficient runners. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is trying to, like I said, correct little faults in their technique. So we we, we hammer the technique work as well because we have we're blessed with a lot of great athletes already. So how we fix the little faults that can help them improve, you know, take a strip a strip a, uh a, a point zero .02 off because the name of the game is speed. We know that. So the faster you run, you don't have to be the best player nowadays. If you run a fast 40, you're yeah, going yeah, yeah, you're
0: gonna, gonna get guarantee. you're gonna play somewhere, man. We, we see we see a lot of drop passes in the NFL and these deep balls, man. The receivers <laughs> yeah, there and just juggles time, that shit. Come on now. We see it. In NFL. 4-3
1: looks good though. 4-3 looks good.
0: 4-3 looks good, and 22 miles per hour looks crazy on, on some people, you know.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Another thing you mentioned, alt so I took an altis course. What uh, When 2019, I think it was, like, I'll be honest, I forgot most of what I learned from it, but, uh and I have a ton of notes and shit like that. Did, are, you, are you actively taking one now or did you take one recently?
1: Man, I took the short sprints one and yeah, I'm similar to you, man. I took it, I think in 2019, it might've been during, right before COVID hit. And that's, okay. that's you know, I was real big on just continuing and all this, I was doing too much probably. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. trying to learn one thing after
1: uh, another, right? Yeah, so there's tidbits I remember, but man, I need need to refresh because I think you have it forever. So I need to refresh and actually redo the course to help just sharpen the sword, man, because I honestly forgot a lot of the stuff. But I remember it being a great course, the short sprints. It it was a good course, informative. uh, It helped understand, conceptualize things for me. But yeah, I got to revisit that, man. But I really like their content, though. And I like what Les Spellman is doing right now with his content he's been putting out. Um, House of Athlete Mo Wells, he's putting out some great content as well. So, it's a lot of good guys in the speed game right now, man. They're putting out some good stuff and uh, working with, you know, the combine specialists and also just working with NFL guys and college guys in the offseason who I think are doing a, a tremendous job of just, you know, developing speed and just, you know, showing how they do things. Because one thing I want to get into, which I'm not good at, I want to get into the force velocity profile and where I really could uh, graph it and all that stuff. Like, I, I, that's something I want to get better at personally.
0: Now, no doubt. It's crazy because I got this spreadsheet and I shared it with Rod. It's um like a horizontal force profile, force velocity profile. And guys, you know, w- when they're running, um, the only thing I don't got, I don't got five timing gates and you need five timing gates to, you know, have the algorithm running and boom, it gives you a number um to tell you if a guy's not a good accelerator with, with zero to five yards, zero to 10 yards, zero to 15. And I'm like, that that it could be a game. Ch-. Who knows? I mean, it's not going to win you football games, but it's going to make a better player for you. You know what I'm
1: saying? Exactly. Better players. Win game, so like, yeah, we look at it that way. But if you get a team of just overall better players, man, you might get one or two more wins. You know, might get nice little bonus in the end. Like, you never know, man.
0: I wish we had bonuses at this level, man. That's yeah. <laughs> I got to work that in, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so, so you you talk you talk about you know, player enhancing speed, right? Uh, return to play. What about like, have you ever seen anybody like digress in performance over time, and then, you know, like, how do you change a few things like that? You know, have you ever seen like? I mean, you say you just started working with the 1080, but have you seen, like, from day one to, like, you know, most recent, you know, guy start hot, and then he just slowly cools off, and it's like, man, he's just not getting better anymore.
1: What I would see, and um, that's where a sports scientist comes into play as well, where guys are getting uh-huh. crushed with volume as well. So if you're trying to work speed with a guy, but on the back end, he's getting crushed with volume, whether it be, you know, practice, whether he's doing individual work, and <clears throat> he's getting banged up. He maybe he might have tweaked his hamstring a week ago. He's not feeling 100% that helps paint the overall picture like, okay, like why, like he's running quality reps. The technique is there, but the, the force and speed is just not there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That could be a volume issue. So that, that might be a time where you reel back in. Okay. Let, let's, let's take a few days off and not do this. Let's assess, go back to mobility. Let's assess where you're deficient at. Do you have any pain? How's your knee? How's the hamstring? See what's bothering the athlete. Cause more times than not it's going to be a, a, a ailment going on that they, they want to hide from. They don't want to, you know, go to the trainers' belt because they don't want to miss any real time, whether that be a practice or whether it be training or doing skill work with the, with their guys. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'd say that's a big thing with a speed decrement where you see guys getting slower. Mm-hmm. But like when guys are in a developmental stage, it's very rarely you see them get slower because they're like there, right, they're right, right. Like there. So it's like everything is going to get them better to a certain extent, unless you're dealing with a high level elite athlete. That's where it gets tricky because. It's so hard to extract that 1% out of an athlete who already has so much quality. That's where it can get tough. But when you're dealing with more developmental guys, I feel like it's easy to keep seeing that progression go up. But now definitely physical ailments, which you will see when guys, you know, times start getting a little slower or, you know, they, they haven't hit max loss in a while. They've kind of been coasting a little bit. So mm-hmm. you might see the times get a little slower. But once that attempt gets there, they'll usually run a faster time. They see like, hey, you, you were slower than you were last week. And then they actually could see it then they get the competitive nature of them takes over and they're running faster time as well
0: yeah you, you so with volume you think it's more like running volume or, or lifting volume or just a combination of both
1: Man, I, it's i think it's everything man It's so overall stresses right just, see, just okay, stress yeah. you see a 20 year old right okay he's in school that's stress running volume that adds to it lifting volume adds to it uh-huh. um, sleep sleep patterns I and mean, that's huge if a guy's body fat gets out of order that's, that's probably one of the biggest ones obviously if he, he's eating bad he's eating more fried food he's eating more pizza yeah tonight, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he gets heavy he gets a little more body fat his lean body mass um goes down that can add to it Um, woman is a big stressor for college college kids woman in their life that could be a big stressor so there's mm-hmm. so many different things pulling out of Then you have the whole um, you know kids getting paid now that's another stress yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah yeah I guess you're, <laughs> you're right stress. yeah yeah, you got you got guys getting paid. Now I was looking at the uh, the bracket that just came out of like the top five athletes in the final four. They said the chick from UConn is getting paid sixty sixty five thousand dollars of Instagram post. Damn, that's unheard of to be. And she's a what is she a sophomore a freshman? Paige uh, bucker, She's getting paid sixty five thousand a post. I'm like, and while pa- Paolo from Duke is only getting he's getting paid I think ten thousand. It's crazy to see what kids are getting paid just to post up on Instagram. So I mean. They're having That's you know, crazy, real life, real world adult problems at 18, 19 years old. So and I feel they, like, man, as you know, whole, the whole landscape is changing.
0: They probably stressed out right now for getting to pay their taxes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? So really they, they never had to do it before. You yeah. as a high schooler making, you know, you might have not working in high school. You, you're a five star athlete. You're not working. But Mm-mm. you go from whatever, getting a little handouts here there and there to getting this. Yeah. <laughs> crazy but okay i I gotta pose this question to you with the influx of money with college athletes does this keep college basketball football players in college longer or they still make premature jumps to the pros
0: i think for people that have potential immediately they're gonna go i think what it's gonna do it's gonna change the landscape of recruiting it's gonna turn into a and I, I mean, I hate to call out the big schools, but it's going to turn into like, well, you know, A&M is going to give me more money than Alabama. I'm going to go play ball at A&M. You know what I'm saying? Like that. that's the, and I hope it doesn't come out today. I might have to delete this part just because I don't want it to come <laughs> to come public. No. But it's yeah. like, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And it sucks for that to happen because I think college sports is already competitive and these kids, they're amateurs they're not pros, but they they're treated as such. You know, you treat treated like a pro athlete because you want to become one. But if money's going to drive your decision and, and not the sport itself and the coaches and the people you put yourself around and you're going to run into more problems down the road in life, I think.
1: Definitely. And I feel like everybody has a price, no matter what they say. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a price in life, man, no matter what it is. So you start throwing these astronomical numbers at a kid and their family. How can they say no? That's how I view it. So yeah. I'm like, okay, if I'm a, if I'm a fourth round draft grade, I'll go in the league. My signing bonus to the fourth round will be probably what, 250 racks, I think? Somewhere around there. I don't know. Something if like that. Yeah, yeah. That's my signing bonus. But let's say I'm already making 1.5 a year. Do I just come back and do another fourth year as a senior just because I want to get paid that? And that's for sure money. Versus NFL, like, yeah, I'm a good player, but I'm not elite. I'm not a first rounder. So I'm not getting the crazy signing bonus. So do I just ride out college one more year and just get this this, this this, free money? Not free money, but easy money. money. NIL money. Exactly. Easy money. Easy so money, like going yeah. to, the the waters that you and they were grown men who really got kids, and it's a different level. Yeah, yeah. For level, they got kids to feed.
0: I think, I, you know what, it, you know, what I think it is. I think in college, and I, it's, it's easy money because at the end of the day, you're, you're having to be taken care of by adults that, you know, they're treating you as, you know, not, not a child, but a young adult. It's like, hey, you're under our supervision. And the pros, here's your check, bro. Listen, you're on your own motherfucker. We can cut you tomorrow. And none of this money's guaranteed, you know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. But, so, like in college, you, get, you got your meals provided. Mm-hmm. Provided. you're told when to work out i mean you're still told when to work out in and practice and the pros but the supplements the food they, and they're doing everything for you versus as a pro yeah you have your facility you have the chef's in the facility but you still have to go home within the day like you still have it's on you out. seek a private chef or meal delivery service or meal prep whatever you want to do you have to seek that uh the trainers the body everything is there for you mm-hmm. when you're the pros you have to seek out more a little more outside help just because you are away from sleep for a little bit. For most guys who go back home in the offseason who don't stay in the city they play in, so it's it's a different dynamic for pros, man. That's what I tell guys: like take advantage of what you have now because once it's gone, it's gone, man. Like the pros, the it's more of a business at the end of the day. It's a business.
0: It's a platform for them for yeah for their business yeah and it's straight up it's like you're not in a dorm room no more. You probably live a couple cities over from the stadium or the office wherever you got to you got to get your ass up in the morning. You know, you know the traffic routines and stuff, but. Hey, no wake up call. It ain't no, hey, get your ass here, man. You know, it ain't none of that. It's like all right, you ain't show up. That's dude, you know, you're getting doc paid. It's a five thousand dollar uh what penalty right there, bud? You know, pay yeah. up. Yeah.
1: Straight, straight. straight out the check. You don't get a chance to rebuttal, straight out the
0: check. There, there ain't no up downs no more, son. It's just straight cash, yeah.
1: homie. <laughs> hit, hit, hit you where it hurts.
0: Yeah. But I, and I also want to add like another, I think the biggest fact that is going to hurt a lot of people down the road when more people start making money in college is you know, family making the decision forms and not having an agent or like a professional, you know, with, you know, I guess like law degrees and stuff like that, reading between the lines for them. And, you know, and that's what it comes down to, you know, knowing what to read between the lines and we advise our guys that, Hey, if you're going to get an NIL deal, you know, talk to your family, talk to a lawyer, you know what I'm saying? Like have somebody who understands contract law, to read it for you, because there's some shit that you read on a contract, and you're like, "Yeah, hell yeah," but but you you can't conceptualize or, or reiterate what the sentence is really yeah. trying to say. It's like you belong they to me you. now for three years, but
1: you know they got you. The, they got you in, the th- in a new 360 deal, so they got. Oh you.
0: god, you don't sell your soul to the devil, man. That's why I tell these yeah, kids. Was, <laughs> what's
1: tough about that though, like okay, a kid from an underprivileged household whose parents really need the money. What does he do? You want to help provide for your family? they are gonna it's take a legal it. way to do it. They, they got it. a lot of them are gonna take it because. You could change your family's life, or not change your family's life. You can change your family's situation because, I mean, a million dollars won't change your life, but it could definitely change the situation you're in temporarily. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to say no to that when you have people back home who are going through real things that you can change with a signature. So, I mean, that's another thing to look at with these guys. What he said, recruiting, and it's, it's going to get it's going to get crazy, man. And
0: mm-hmm. bro, and I won't, I won't even lie to you, bro. I think, uh, bro, if I was if I was a baller coming out of high school. I'd have, take it, I'd have taken money straight off, dude. Like, fuck that. Maybe grow poor as hell, dude, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, like the school has to be a right fit, but a lot of times it's probably going to be who's the highest. It's going to come
0: down to the money, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do I like the coaches? I mean, but how much do you really like the coaches either? Because, okay, if you're, if you're going to college, how often is your coach there all, all four or five years, realistically?
0: At your level, I don't know. Our coach has been at
1: Mammoth forever. <laughs> yeah. So there's so much turnover in college sports, so it's like, yeah, oh hell yeah, to a school, but you never know what happens, right? I mean, like, you see, you let's see say,
0: St. Peter's. You see St. Peter's University. Their coach made it all the way to the eight, and boom, bounced out. Now <laughs> he's at Seton Hall?
1: <laughs> hey, Seaton Hall at his alma mater, but how can you blame him? I, I look at the figures. Yeah. He didn't pay, I think 266 at St. Peter's. Seaton Hall is at least over an M, so I mean, he could change his sons. He's going to over. More than quadruple his salary, who is he to say no to that? Like, it's selfish yeah, yeah. for the community. The outside world to say, oh, no, he shouldn't have took that job. He should have stayed there because he's changing his situation. Like most players, they want to go pro. They want to change their situation. Mm-hmm. They transfer. They want to change the situation. Everybody wants what's best for them. It's self-preservation at the end of the day. So it's selfish to think, oh, yeah, guys are never, never going to leave or players are never going to leave. That's the world we live in.
0: Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> but I say, it's funny how we got on this fucking topic. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's the landscape we're in, man. It's crazy. It really is,
0: though, man. But I was gonna say, any, you got you guys doing anything new, man? Training wise, something groundbreaking? What's going on in Maryland, man? Because FRC, ground- FRC was like, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it was like, oh shit, people got to start doing this type of stuff now. You know?
1: Yeah, I would say we still do the FRC, of course. Um, how's that stuff going for
0: I, I, I'm not going to say what you told me on, tell me on text but it's like you know, how's that stuff going for you?
1: I, mean, I actually like it man you know I feel like guys are really buying into it you know mm-hmm. I like it because they feel they instantly feel better right so after they do a session or they do you know some different modalities I assess them see what they're deficient in and I take them through a you know movement based um, movement based FRC well, look, Ken Stretch is like the yoga form of FRC so I take them through a few of those movements and they instantly feel better Um, The joint range of motion is improving with a lot of the guys and, but uh, with the FRC, the biggest thing is the take home component, right? So with the mobility, it's all time and attention, right? So the more time they, the more time they spent doing the joint mobility FRC and a time and attention in those different positions, Mm -hmm. the better they'll get. So, you know, guys have take home programs as well that, you know, they're strongly encouraged to do. And I think, I think it's working for guys, you know, Great buy in, and I try to teach all the interns when they come in because so they can take that with them going forward in their next step, whether it be GA full time, so they have another tool under their belt. And uh, they've been great just helping me, um, you know, implement that with guys because it's hard, you know, to do FRC for a whole team. Smaller group settings are more ideal, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So they've been a big help for me as far as that goes. But as far as groundbreaking, I mean, we stick to the basics, man. I can't lie to you, We're 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 gonna clean snatch. Squat, single leg work, pull, press. We're gonna do the basics, man. We have we have raptors in there. Guys love doing that. It's like uh, it's it's cool. Like the the broad, the resisted broad jumps, things. Okay, like
0: Okay, yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, guys I like that that. I I, w- I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but you know, it, it creates some buy in. Guys like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have anything like yeah, it. nothing groundbreaking though, because you stick to the basics. So when you have such a big room. You can get lost in the sauce and start yeah, you everything can. under the sun. Uh-huh. I think it's what? I don't want to mess up the figures. I know it's over 20, I think it's over 25,000 square feet. I don't want to mess up the square footage because there's new no facility. But you start trying to get too cute and then you lose the uh roots of who you are as a program and as a team. And that could be detrimental to the overall um, program as well.
0: Now It's good, good to hear that you guys stick to the basics because, you know, you always got kids not, not always, but sometimes we get kids like oh, they're doing this at this school, they're doing that at that school, and I might do. Listen, I'm, I'm keeping how it is, dude. Like I'm not gonna do all these fucking med ball series because that's just not me. We'll do a couple, and then we're we're getting under the damn barbell, you know.
1: But, a lot of potentiation going on. A lot of potentiation going on. Yeah,
0: listen, we'll bench then we'll throw something. Boom, get back under the bench, you know. We'll squat and we'll jump. Get back under the bar, you know. Keep it, keep exactly. it going. Keep it rolling.
1: But it, it's tough though because you got all these kids, right? They they know so many kids at different schools, and you know all the kids are sending them what they're doing, whether it be. IG story, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, whatever these kids use, whatever social media, you know, medium they use. And like, they see that it looks cool. I'm like a lot, a lot of the stuff that these personal trainers do actually looks cool. But if you peel back the layers, how beneficial is a lot of that stuff? Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be the guy to tell them it's a, it's a waste of time because if it's something that they find value in, and this is a the guy they like, I might steer them away from it, but I'm not going to tell them, Oh, that's just awful. It's bad. Cause, I never know why that guy is doing it either. He might have his own reason, his own methodology on why he's doing what he's doing, but the the kids are easily slayed, but the grass isn't always greener, but they're very easily slayed.
0: Yeah, no no doubt. Do you think, like, with the FRC stuff, I I, I love doing it with some of my guys. I mean, we do it, you know, when we get a chance. I'm not going to lie and say we do it all the time, but you think that's more beneficial than doing, like, ice baths, contrast baths, you know, shit like that for recovery?
1: I mean, I I think so, because I feel like it's an active modality. The ice baths and the heat tubs, that's more passive. I mm-hmm. think it could help you feel better. When you think of like long-term joint health, you sitting down in the ice bath for whatever, 20 minutes, three times a week, how are you actually improving joint mobility? And that's what I always tell guys, like always choose the active modality over the passive modality. Same thing with the Theraguns, right? Guys love the Theragun, but what are you actually improving?
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like a placebo effect, right? It vibrates, it stimulates to whatever muscle. It might cause some, you know, temporary uh, alleviation, but what is that actually doing to the joint or the, the actual stru- structurally? What is that actually changing? Yeah. It's not, it's not really changing much, but it, 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 it is feel good. So if something feels good, I'm not going to tell the guy, don't do it. Don't take it away. But do your feel good and then do your more active modalities to help long-term joint health and long-term uh, resiliency.
0: Yeah. One, one of our linebackers challenged me yesterday to find research that says ice baths don't work. I found 13 articles. That's, that said, not hard. <laughs> That's not hard at all. I said, bro, don't put me to work, man. I said, I'll put you in the dirt, right? Found 13 articles, right? Just because I was going to do more than that. And I sent them five of them. And I said, you read these. I'll read the 13. So it was come to conclusion. I concluded at least like seven of them that said what you just said. Perceived, exactly. right? The athlete perceived they felt better. But in all actuality, there was no change in range of motion. There's no change in soreness level. No change in sleep patterns. Nothing, you know, versus inactive. So I, 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 I'm with you. I'd rather keep a guy moving.
1: And it's crazy. The guy who came out with the rice method already disproved ice as a uh, recovery modality. He already disproved it.
0: Yeah, because you want the inflammation.
1: Exactly. Which, yeah, so like, if he already disproved it, the guy who created it, why is it so prevalent in today's uh, performance culture? It's just that it's an easy thing to do. I put ice on. Oh, wow.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: numbs it a little bit. It takes a little bit of the pain away because I'm numb. My skin is numb from the ice. Okay, I feel better. But, you know, a few hours later, like, how, how much better do you actually feel? I you know yeah, no all shit. Yeah it's, <laughs> yeah. it's funny
0: because I was, I was telling my I was joking with my staff earlier. I'm like, you know what? And I told them about the article stuff. I'm like, I said, ice baths don't really do shit. I said, people feel the same from a nice path they do for moving around. Listen, if I was to pick my poison, I'm laying down the next day. Fuck that. I just want to hey. chill. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm, 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 getting that, I'm getting sleep, man. I'm
0: getting yeah, sleep. Yeah. I'm picking that stuff up, man.
1: Truck that out. Yeah, REM, man.
0: No, nah, straight up. No, no, no. I'm taking sleep all day, but I'm getting at least seven and a half hours of sleep now uh, working at Mama versus when I used to work at Fordham, dude. I used to get like six and a half, maybe close to six, less so than real that quick, sometimes. Real
1: quick, man. How has that change been for you, man? How's the change been for you going to Uh, Mama?
0: uh Change. I mean, I'm in the same state, so not much. But uh, I'll tell you what, my, my life, I have more, um, what's the thing? I have, I have more like personal time to myself now. I'm not sitting in New York traffic no more, you know, which is golden. Hectic. Golden. Hectic. I mean, it takes me 25 minutes to get to work. It takes me 25 minutes to get home. Versus it used to take me 30 minutes to get to work, hour and a half to get home. Sometimes two. Oof. Sometimes two if that's there's a car tough, accident. Man. You know, there's always a car that's accident dumb. coming out of New York. There's always dumbasses driving up there. But, you know, it's
1: what it is. No, nah, that's tough, man. A lot, a lot, A lot of music and podcasts on that way home for sure, an hour and a half. Just music, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Feeling myself all DMX today, man. I don't know why. I just felt it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, I got to plug you real quick. Cy Ari the Kid, Atlanta Ooh. rapper. His name is Cy Ari the Kid. Atlanta rapper, he's different. I'm telling you, he's different. You got to check his album out. It just it came out like a week or two ago. You got to check it out. S-Y Ari the Kid. Very gifted.
0: Cy Ari the Kid. Gifted, Hold on. I'm telling you. Look for this guy right now. Sai Sy. S-Y. What'd you say again?
1: Yeah, S-Y. Oh, there he is. Okay. kid. Listen to that album, with Sopranos, whatever it's called. If the first track is, I know, Sopranos. You gotta listen to that album. He's different.
0: Who's he rap like?
1: Uh, if I could say, he's a mix of a Tory Lanes and like a Joyner Lucas. But dating back, I don't know if you know who this is. A guy named Busy Crook from Florida. He reminds me oh, a lot Lord. of Busy Crook. So he blew up. So he actually produced um, one of Drake's songs on um, Certified Lovable. I forgot the name of it, but he actually produced one. Oh, Pipe Down. He actually produced that. So he, he's a guy that started rapping and then he started okay. producing. So he's kind of big in both worlds. But um, he kind of fell back on the rapping. But he's very talented as well. But this guy reminds me a lot of him. But this already the Kid, dude, serious.
0: All right. Hey, I'm I'm gonna check him out. If he's trash, I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. You gotta let me know. All right, straight up. Cause my guys know me, man. I'm straight G unit, Jay Z div set. That's yeah. my type. That's my flow. So if he can make if he can mix in with that crowd, we're good.
1: So you like wordplay though, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. So the word the word I'm saying, you like if you like the wordplay, I think you'll like this. Cause I know what you listen to you. like you like real rap? I think you like, like this. Like
0: like like you talk about like, like wordplay, like Pat Poose wordplay.
1: Yeah, but not not that wordy. That's
0: like you could be too wordy, or like Wale wordplay because he got some good wordplay. Yeah,
1: more along those lines. think all like, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah papoose makes you makes you want to go back to school. <laughs> nah,
1: bro. Listen to Papoose. I'm scratching my head, man. S A T words.
0: <laughs> hey, he he pulls some shit out of his back pocket for no reason, but that's his fight. Damn, bro, we touched on mad topics today, man. Music, college kids getting paid to the 1080. The, Goddamn football lifts, man. Oh. FRC stuff. Oh Jersey City. No no Jersey no
1: City. Lubbock, yeah, Texas. <laughs> Maryland, you know, yeah, everything, man. <laughs> All encompassing.
0: Nah, no doubt, bro. But it's it's good to hear that you're doing good, man. You you look good. You got you know, you look better in Maryland Red than Texas Red. I hate to say it, but I gotta say it uh publicly.
1: Thank you, know, You, man. you gotta, go, gotta go red red with the gold accessories. You know that. Gold goes perfectly red. You know that.
0: Not nah, straight up. I got out of the red. I'm wearing blue now. It calms my life down. This color blue a little bit, you know. That that red yeah, gets me yeah. all fucking worked up. I'm ready to hurt somebody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a good thing.
0: It could be, but it works against you when you're stressed out, you know. That's real. Hey, uh, real, real quick, real. Be- before we get off. So, so you guys have brand new facility there,
1: right? Yeah, brand opened up uh, in June of uh, 2021.
0: Last year. How, how is that? Comp- I mean, obviously that's better than the previous facility. Things always improve, but like what, what new things did you guys kind of add to your you know, pr- program overall compared to what, what they had
1: prior? Um. So, okay, we were something called Gossip Team out for four. So, I want to say that has been there for like 25 plus years. It was a, it was a much older facility, small. So now it's it gotten renovated and uh, the Olympics sports have taken it over. Okay. But it was just, you were just so constricted. So, like I said, we still do the basics, but now you just have so many more options. So we have the cardio room upstairs, you have, you know, your speed treadmills, all your different cardio modalities. And you just have so much more open space for machines. Uh, way more platforms. There were 18 platforms versus guys I think we had 10, 11. Mm-hmm. 10 with a makeshift 11 on the end. So, you think about this training guys, coaching guys is so much easier with all the open space. You can look straight down and see everything versus it, feel- versus it feeling, you know, crowded or convoluted. So, I think that's been big. And um, we got the thick handle, all the Leco thick handle dumbbells. I think that's paying dividends for grip strength, and that's helping to mitigate some of the you know elbow and uh, wrist issues that guys experience, especially you know our front seven guys who bang and contact a lot. Uh That's definitely working to improve the grip strength. Um, So uh, hold on, real quick. So
0: these are thick handle dumbbells.
1: Yeah, all thick handle dumbbells. That Leco. All of them. Yep. Okay, so you don't have you
0: don't have any like standard regular.
1: No, all kinds of thick. Oh snap! All right. Yeah. dude. (laughs) <laughs> nah, for real, so I mean, Those 60s feel a little different sometimes, man. Yeah, 60s five for like 90s. Nah, for real. you get blown up quick, though. Hell yeah,
0: that's dope. What else? Any any special type of bars or anything like that you guys play around with, or just yeah, straight barbell? Yeah, we have,
1: we, have, we, have, we probably have every bar in the sun, man. So we have uh, Aliko made custom uh, power bars. I think it was mm-hmm. the very first power bar, Olympic bars. We have the Kabuki uh, Transformer. We have the Cadillac bar. Alico easy curl bar, um, and then a Texas power bar. So it's like
2: that's a that's the
0: bar right there.
1: At every rack, yeah, when you really want to, you know, uh-huh. do that weight, you gotta go Texas power. You know, you yeah. can't squatting 600 on a on a regular bar. No, nah, that, nah, that bar
0: ain't gonna so. bend on you. Yeah, that bar is not yeah. gonna bend on you, man.
1: Don't yeah. deadlift with the
0: Texas bar, I'll tell you that though. Don't don't deadlift with that one.
1: <laughs> It'll, rip <the> <laughs> off, off
0: It'll rip the callus off. Rip the callus off your head. up. Hey, that's dope. That's dope as hell. You guys got all those bars. So how, how do you guys like program all those shits? You even use them all or it's like mix and match every now and then? Uh, a
1: lot of, I mean, a lot of it is great for uh, modified guys, right? So you got guys okay, okay. with shoulder injury. You don't want a straight bar them yet, but let's say they, 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 they've, they've done dumbbells so they're blue in the face and now they're t- it's time for them, move them to move the next uh, pattern. Mm-hmm. Cadillac works great for those guys. Um, safety squat bars been huge for guys with shoulder ailments or things like that. So, you know, they're out in front. And then you can adjust with the uh, Kabuki. You can adjust whether you want a back squat, low bar, high bar, front squat, or safety squat uh, adjustment. So each adjustment feels different when you're um, safety squatting. So that's been dope as well. And then, um, of course, like the easy curl, you can always blow yourself up with those yeah. good accessories, things like that. But now I say that they're very useful just for, like, catering to your guys. And we kind of have the autonomy, like, whether you know your guy's battling this ailment, this guy has this you could swap it, swap it in and out. So, you know, Coach Ryan Davis has, has been great with that. He's given guys, you know, we all do the same program, but you have autonomy to alter guys based on, you know, physical ailments. And I do a lot a lot of turn to play stuff. So I'm working with a lot of those bars as well with, with my guys.
0: Now that's dope, man. That's, that's, I wish we had that many bells and whistles. We got regular bars, safety bars, trap bars. Uh, easy bars. <laughs> That's it.
1: Oh, I forgot we got the open. I'm, we got the open handle trap bar too. I forgot to even say that. Those are those are dope.
0: I, I listen, I have not done anything outside of just deadlift with those, but I'm, I'm I might start trying to find a way to do something else with them.
1: I love them for single leg work, single uh, yeah. RFEs, uh single leg RDLs. It's just an easier center mat when you're holding it. It's easier, but yeah. over the barbell. So I really I really like those for that. How do you,
0: how, so, so let me ask you real quick before before we wrap this thing up man What when you guys do like single leg like rear foot elevators right yeah you, you grip the low handle or so you're still yeah, gripping I, up high and letting the bar uh, let the weight hit the ground
1: low handle gotta get that range of motion so I gotta go low handle, okay. get a little more range of motion but I mean the plates the plates usually stop you from touching anyway but honestly what I've been playing around with I like the double the double deficit so you elevate the front leg and elevate the back uh-huh, leg okay, really okay 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 need, I haven't thought about that need, all the way down. So you really feel that in, yeah. in the hip flexor and the quad. So I, I've been experimenting with that because, you know, if you can load those, that, that tissue through a greater range of motion, you're going to get a more hyper, hypertrophic response as well.
0: Yeah. No, I haven't, I, haven't t- I'm, I mean, we got the same bars. I have always thought about doing them, but I never knew how to program. Would you program that like as your main movement for the day or just like a, like a C block hypertrophy
1: builder? Yeah, I'll probably more of a C block. And you can program it for a main movement, but me personally, I wouldn't. Like I said, a lot of these guys are still novices when it comes to training. Yeah. It could be a main movement, but I'd rather do a bilateral main movement and then the unilateral more on the uh, mm-hmm. as uh, an accessory on the back end. But, you know, whatever folks, you know, coaches, they can do whatever, but I, I like it as a, more of an accessory. But it's definitely challenging.
0: Not that's dope. I got to – listen when we got when we get off here, but we'll talk a little more about that, man. You got to teach me how to program that stuff, man. Because I'm not oh, I'm just, yeah, every time for me, it's just dumbbell rear foot or you know maybe barbell rear foot. If I ever you know get to that point, I never really you know
1: play around the trap bar outside the deadlift. The trap bar with the open is a lot easier for balance than the barbell off. You know, barbell off these, a lot of guys they get to wild land.
2: They yeah, have yeah, time. yeah. It's
1: bouncing, You you eliminate all of that with the open hand trap bar. So, so, so let me ask you this. I mean. Easier.
0: This is probably a common sense question. You're probably going to say, yeah, you'd be able to load up way more weight on that thing than you would on like a barbell
1: or uh, that's tough. It depends dumbbell. On the factor is if, my, if your grip is okay. the factor, yeah. So, okay, you get yeah, right. right okay. Definitely more than a dumbbell because your dumbbell, your grip will give out way quicker, but you could definitely load it up more. But some guys see RNC crazy amounts of weight. Like, I don't know if they could do that with it. I mean, let me correct myself. Yeah, you would be able to load it theoretically more because you should be able to trap bar more than you back squat, theoretically, for everybody. Right, right, okay. Unless you have like an insanely weak grip, so you would be able to load it more,
0: ideally. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I might have to plug that in the offseason for my baseball guys, man. Nah,
1: they'll love it, man. No, I'm sure them, love it.
0: them and them and my linemen, got to get them beefed up a little bit more. Girth. <laughs> Or But hey, listen, bro, I appreciate you getting back on, man. This is a good episode, man. We touched base on all cylinders, man, full circle.
1: Always, man. Don't Thank you know.
0: for having me, dog. Thank no, you. No doubt, man. And I will definitely see you at the conference in a couple of weeks, man. Yeah,
1: let's do it, man. Okay, cool. Let's do it.
0: Don't forget to go to my website, coachgeograssi.com. Become a subscriber so you can get your 20% off any Thorn product. Thanks for listening.